Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Jay Rich. It's good to be back. And this week, we are talking fantasy football playoffs. I'm going to be giving you a bit of a primer. Every team, well, not really every team, but every position, the good matchups, the bad matchups for week 15, 16, 17, when the money is on the line, you need to know who to start. So I will be breaking down the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers, and the tight ends, and talking about some of the teams that have great matchups, some of the teams that have bad ones, and maybe some pivots you can make while we go through this data. If you do want the chart, it is in the Destination Debbie Discord. I dropped it in the announcements channel. If you're not in the Discord, you can always join patreon.com forward slash all guests to get in the discord i may do an article on the website about it but that does sound like a lot of work for for now it is the pod the graphic is in the discord in the announcements channel so you can follow along while i talk through it but let's dive into all of this great playoff data right now one take let's go Oh, it is good to be back. It is good to be back. I said on the wake up show that I wouldn't do another pod until the 49ers won a game and we're here. So I guess I'm stuck doing pods again, but I am good to be back. I was dealing with a lot in terms of, you know, just DD work. I was getting back into real estate. For those who don't know, I am a realtor. So if you are in Southern Ontario and know anyone or you yourself are looking for a property, let me know. Holla at me in the DMs, Discord, wherever. Um, you know, I was actually told today, it's really great advice by a, my, one of my coaches who I have joined, um, very, very recently at a meeting today for real estate. And she was like, don't be a secret agent, which, you know, sounds funny, but at the same time, it's like, let people know that you're a realtor, that you're an agent that, you know, regardless of what business you are or what business you're in, like, don't be afraid to share that with people because you never know what may come on the back end. So that's uh, my piece of advice for today. Don't live in the shadows, regardless of what it is. You know, put yourself out there. If you're going to put yourself out there, be willing to share your stuff with people. Let them know what you are, what you do, what your business is. Be proud of it. Yeah, there's your words of wisdom for the day. But that's not why you're here. That's not why you're listening. I've already wasted enough time. I'm sure plenty of people have already tuned out after my little soliloquy there about business ownership, being a realtor, blah, blah, whatever. We are here to talk fantasy football matchups for the playoffs. Week 15, week 16, week 17. I went to the 33rd team, downloaded all of their defense versus position data so I can start putting together this chart and this information to do this playoff primer. I'll start with New Orleans and their quarterback rankings because we're going to start with quarterbacks anyways. New Orleans faces the Giants, the Rams, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Opposing quarterbacks since week five, because I forgot to mention this data is as of week five. I was going to do the full season, but Denver has been so good, and, and I learned this doing the Monday Night Football research article. They've been so good against quarterbacks and wide receivers that it made me rethink whether I wanted to do full season data. And uh, we'll get into Denver a little bit, but 
mostly we'll be focusing on kind of the macro and the schedule for each of these teams. But again, getting into New Orleans, their average rank versus opposing quarterbacks in the defenses they play, they play the Giants, the Rams, and the Buccaneers, is sixth best in the NFL. Just the average. So on average, they are facing the sixth best team to two opposing quarterbacks, which is ridiculous. And when you break that into points per game, it's 20.3 points per game. The only team that is above 20, so again, Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, whoever the hell is playing quarterback, great schedule for the fantasy playoffs as it stands right now. Since week five, opposing quarterbacks have averaged 20.3 points per game, sixth best points per game in terms of fantasy finish, and a factor of 1.22. The factor is basically how far above or below average you are. So if it's the Giants, you know, I'm sure the factor is insanely high because they've been allowing a ton of points to opposing quarterbacks. And then it's the average of those three factors for each game. So Hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully I didn't run through that too quickly, but I didn't want to spend a ton of time on it. So it's your average rank of all three opponents, the average fantasy points that um, those teams have allowed, and then the factor, how above or below average are you, and then averaging out all three of those numbers. So hopefully that makes sense. If you're looking at the chart, it will definitely make sense. It will be way more clear for you, but you can use this as a way to kind of plan for the future of who you maybe want to start versus not start potentially in the fantasy playoffs, whether that's a super flex quarterback, a quarterback two, or even a starting quarterback in a single quarterback league. And you want to maybe make some changes or pivot within tiers as we get closer to the fantasy playoffs. So as I mentioned, quarterback, best matchup. I can't believe I'm fucking saying this. Derek Carr, he looks great. Like if they let him air it out, he should be phenomenal. First week, week 15 against the Giants, obviously a great matchup. The Rams don't stop nobody. Tampa Bay, they've been pretty bad. They, they've been, they'll probably be okay against Carr, and that's not until week 17 at least, so not terrible. But, I mean, they, they haven't played overly well either. So when you look at all things, those things considered, even and that's even in factoring the fact that this week they played Tennessee and Will Levis was terrible. So it's looking pretty good for Derek Carr if you wanted to buy him like super low, for the playoffs, especially in the best ball league where you don't have to start him, could be an option for you. Another guy who could come on strong towards the end is Will Levis because the second best matchup is Tennessee, right? So Tennessee, obviously, they have phenomenal matchups. Houston, Seattle, and Houston again. Houston's defense has been okay. They've been better against the run than against the pass, but against the pass in particular, they have been getting shredded. Obviously, Shroud playing in these super high-scoring games. I'm sure there will be a lot of Derrick Henry in those matchups, especially with how good he's been against Houston in the past. But if you did want to start a Will Levis, or you had to start a Will Levis in terms of schedule and, and the points per game allowed, it does look very favorable. They are tied right now with Buffalo, uh, who is third. So Josh Allen could be seeing some good things in the playoffs as well, assuming that he can get you there. That's kind of the biggest question right now is can Josh Allen actually get you to the fantasy playoffs? But yeah, they're, they're another big factor, 1.13. They have Dallas, who again, isn't a great matchup, but against opposing quarterbacks, Dallas may allow some points, um, especially if they have to be playing catch up against Dallas, of course, right? The Chargers, who allow a ton of points, and then New England, who's no good. So pretty favorable matchups for Buffalo as well for Josh Allen. You have the Rams. They also look very, very good. So Matthew Stafford, if he is the quarterback down the stretch, 18.8 points per game, average rank of 10.7, factor of 1.13, so 13% above average right now for Matthew Stafford. And of course, Russell Wilson has to be on the list, right? 
He plays Detroit, which isn't a great matchup. And we all know that. And that's why he's probably not super, super high on this list. But he has New England. Week 16 has the Chargers after that. So not a bad schedule overall for Russell Wilson if he's your QB2. The Giants also have a favorable schedule. And then Jordan Love surprisingly has a pretty decent schedule as well. Uh, 18.1 fantasy points per game. Average rank of 13 and 1.09 in terms of the factor. So not too bad. Not too bad. In terms of bad schedules... Oh man, I don't like to see this, but Joe Burrow's got a rough schedule. I mean, if no one's actually looked at Cincinnati's schedule, they they had a lot of their easy games early in the year, and I mean, they lost some of them, which is just great for them. But down the stretch as well, they have some tough matchups. So in terms of quarterbacks, right, they play Minnesota week 15, which is okay. Then they play Pittsburgh, and then to close it out, they play Kansas City. So is there going to be that shootout between Kansas City and Cincinnati in the last week of the season? Probably not, especially when you factor in how these defenses are playing. Could be very difficult for Joe Burrow down the stretch. The Atlanta Falcons have a bad schedule as well. Carolina, Indy, and Chicago. You'd think that'd be pretty good, but Chicago's defense has been getting better. Indy, they're probably the easiest matchup of the bunch, and then Carolina has been pretty good as well, so that doesn't look so great. Um, as I mentioned, Houston, as we talked about with Tennessee, Tennessee, Cleveland, and then Tennessee. So... Seasonal leagues, if you can trade away CJ Stroud for the playoffs, probably a pretty decent option as far as I'm concerned because it does not look good for CJ Stroud. And he has overcome all the odds. He's been amazing, but the schedule is rough. And then you talk about the Chargers, Vegas, pretty decent matchup for quarterbacks, Buffalo, bad matchup for quarterbacks, and Denver, as I mentioned, literally one of the worst matchups in the NFL. You do not want to play anybody against Denver right now. They are just so good. And it's so easy to say, oh man, Josh Allen stinks. He can't even play well against Denver. Like Denver's defense is as good, if not better than the Jets right now in terms of not allowing points to wide receivers, their secondary being great. Like it's just really tough to move the ball through the air against Denver right now. And they're playing very, very well. So when you see that Denver matchup, you may see it as like average on sleeper because for the season it's average. But if you just take out a few of the first couple games, especially, you know, taking out that Miami game, defense has been much improved. Players have really bought in. They got rid of a lot of the players that weren't as bought in. Sean Payton's really turned this team around and things are starting to look good. So again, the Chargers, they have the worst schedule. Vegas, Buffalo, Denver. Uh, it's just... Herbert, you got to kind of roll with him, start him, of course. I don't know what else to say about Herbert, but his schedule looks rough. Like, it looks really rough in terms of fantasy points per game. Only 14.4 fantasy points per game allowed on average to these three defenses, Vegas, Buffalo, and Denver. And as I mentioned, right at the top is Derek Carr at 20.3. So a pretty massive six-point swing between the top of the board and the bottom of the board. But that is kind of the overview for the quarterbacks. A lot of other teams are kind of in the middle. You know, Philly's schedule for Jalen Hurts, about about in the middle of the pack. Baltimore's schedule, middle of the pack in terms of quarterbacks. So things are good, pretty, pretty good there. Patrick Mahomes' schedule is a little bit tough. Same with Tua. I mean, Tua has the Jets, Dallas, and Baltimore. Woof. That could be bad. Like, that could be really, really bad, um, especially for the wide receivers, and we will get into that a little bit later. When I get to wide receivers, Miami has by far the worst wide receiver matchup. And, I mean, the Jets, Dallas, Baltimore, you, you probably can already figure that. But, yeah, Tua may struggle a little bit in the playoffs. 
but we will get to that in a little bit. So now let's get into the running backs because everyone's favorite position is running back and, and everyone's favorite running back has the best schedule in the NFL. I know you're probably wondering, Jordan, who is this favorite running back? Is it Austin Eckler? Well, he's pretty close. He is second on the list. But number one is actually the Pittsburgh Steelers. They have the best schedule. They have the best schedule for running backs right now as it stands for the playoffs. They face Indy, who we know have allowed a ton of points, especially to running backs. Cincinnati hasn't been much better against running backs. And Seattle is like by far one of the worst. If you're playing Seattle, you are in good shape. I believe when I was looking at the numbers earlier, they're allowing like 29 points per game to opposing running backs since week five. Uh, Philly, who is third on the list, they play Seattle week 15. So DeAndre Swift looking in really good shape. But if the rumors, and I don't know if the rumors anymore, it seems like it's pretty much fact at this point, are true. Jalen Warren and Austin Eckler could be looking like one in the same come the fantasy football playoffs. Now, I'm not here to say that Jalen Warren's going to be as good as Austin Eckler because, of course, that would be ridiculous. But when we're already talking about the Chargers and how their quarterback matchup, wide receiver matchup, doesn't look very good, and they have a great running back matchup, maybe those two things can correlate a little bit for us and be good for fantasy football. Same thing with Pittsburgh. Not the best quarterback matchup, not the best quarterback, if we're being honest, but a phenomenal running back matchup, whether it's Najee Harris or Jalen Warren, both have a great playoff schedule, average rank of 9.7, 25.7 fantasy points per game, which is number one, and a factor of 1.2 or 1.21, the only factor above 1.2. Then as I mentioned, there are three other teams that have very good matchups, the Chargers, Philly, and the Atlanta Falcons. So Bijan Robinson, ladies and gents, looking pretty good. Now, the interesting thing about Bijan Robinson and the Atlanta Falcons is that they have to face Chicago week 17. And Chicago actually has been pretty good against opposing running backs. So you have week 15 against Carolina. They're terrible. You have week 16 against Indy. They're terrible. But then week 17, you do get Chicago. I don't know if the game is in Chicago, but if it is, that I mean, that game's going to be ugly regardless. But it isn't a good matchup for opposing running backs right now. Uh, they have been very good. That's why the rank in terms of average rank is 18.3 because Carolina is very, very high in terms of not allowing points to fantasy running backs. But the average points per game in those other two matchups is like 28 and 29 to opposing running backs, and it's phenomenal. That's why the factor is still high. So week 17 could be tough for B. John Robinson, but week 15, week 16 for the playoffs, if he's getting the full workload like we saw against Arizona, he could be in line for a massive fantasy playoffs. You also have New England has a pretty good matchup. Vegas has a pretty good matchup. And Kansas City as well all have pretty good matchups and are near the top. The worst matchup, though, is the Arizona Cardinals. My goodness. If you were banking on James Conner to save your season, it's not looking so good, folks. It's not looking so good. He's got to face the Niners, who, yeah, they're, you don't want to play running backs against the Niners. As I already mentioned, Chicago has been phenomenal against running backs for the past little bit. And then they have Philly last. So average of 16.2 fantasy points per game and a factor of 0.76, which is really bad, almost 25% below average. So not looking great for James Conner right now. Uh, 16.2 fantasy points per game expected uh, based off what the defenses are allowing right now. And at the top, as I mentioned, 25.7 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Brees Hall and the Jets have a bad matchup as well, 0.88. Baltimore, and whoever the hell their running back is, is in, in a great matchup. Saquon Barkley has a bad matchup. Dallas, and uh, if you want to say 
Tony Pollard. If he is the running back, you even want to play anymore. Maybe it's Rico Dowdle by the time things finally shake out. Also, not good matchups for these players. So, not looking good for any of them, really. And we'll have to see how that plays out. But at least as it stands for running backs right now, that's kind of the list. Pittsburgh, Chargers, Philly, Atlanta, New England, Vegas, Kansas City, all good matchups. Arizona, the Jets, Baltimore, New York Giants, Dallas, Seattle, kind of. They're getting close to neutral at that point. And Cleveland are a little bit below average. A lot of teams have like very neutral to average matchups, so it's not too bad for them. But those are the good ones. Those are the bad ones as it stands for the running backs. Now let's get into the wide receivers because you may see some similarities between the wide receivers and the quarterbacks a little bit, a little bit, nothing crazy, but some similarities because of course we have new ones at the top. If the, if the number one quarterback didn't have the number one wide receiver matchup, that'd be messed up. It'd be easy to look at me and say, Jordan, your data's wrong. doesn't make any sense. But what's very interesting is that even though the quarterback matchup for Arizona and Seattle isn't great, it's around neutral, the wide receiver matchups are phenomenal. So if you're talking about a Marquise Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, uh, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, even if their quarterbacks are only okay, it's a great matchup for the wide receivers. So that is uh, some spots where you can find some value now, especially Arizona if you wanted to go that route. I think everyone who has JSN Lockett, Metcalf, probably not trading them probably not trading for them. But as I mentioned, Matthew Stafford and the Rams have a great playoff schedule. Denver has a great playoff schedule, both for quarterback and wide receiver. So if you have those stacks, that is looking great for you right now. And then especially when you go down to Baltimore, Dallas, the Giants, and the Jets, they also have poor running back matchups. So you factor in good quarterback matchups, bad running back matchups, and great wide receiver matchups. That sounds like a match made in heaven for fantasy points wide receiver quarterback stacks, and ultimately winning fantasy football titles. We're talking about bad matchups for wide receivers. Right at the bottom of the list, the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, it's not good. Um, Tua's matchup individually isn't terrible, uh, only a .93 factor, but for the wide receivers, I mean, my goodness, top of the list for New Orleans, average rank of seven, Fantasy points average 42.3 to opposing wide receivers, a factor of 1.28. For the Miami Dolphins, their average rank defense they're facing in terms of wide receivers is 27. Their average, the average defense they will face against opposing wide receivers since week five is 27. 24 and a half fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers which is insanely low, like insanely low and 26% below average. It is very, very bad for what we're going to see. And if you're banking on Jalen Waddle, if you're banking on someone who is not Tyree Kill, it could be a problem. Like it really, really could. The playoff schedule for Miami, especially from a pass catcher perspective, is really bad. And so if you're not planning for this, you're not accounting for it beyond... Obviously, Tyree Kill, you're starting no matter what. But if Waddle is supposed to be your guy to help you get there, maybe there's a world where he doesn't, and you need to be aware of that. Detroit, as well, has a bad wide receiver matchup. As I mentioned, the Chargers, bad wide receiver matchup. Atlanta, I mean, we can't bank on their quarterback anyways. Bad wide receiver matchup. Pittsburgh, it's all about the running backs for Pittsburgh. Uh, Cleveland doesn't have a great matchup. They don't have a quarterback anymore anyways. So there's a lot of like tough matchups. I think the biggest one, though, you're looking at the Chargers, who, again, you're starting Keenan Allen, so who really cares? But Miami is very concerning. 
Detroit, I don't think you're stopping Amon Ross St. Brown, so you're probably fine there. But yeah, that Miami matchup is like insanely bad when you're just talking about the average defenses they're playing. Detroit, average defense of 25. Pittsburgh, average defense of 24. Vegas, average defense of 24 against wide receivers. So, you know, Jacoby Myers, Devontae Adams. The points per game isn't terrible, but definitely the ranking is, is pretty low. So, just one thing to consider, you know. These wide receivers, we may like them, we may love them, but if they don't have a good playoff schedule, if they can't perform in the playoffs, you need to potentially make some other arrangements. Targeting guys like maybe a Michael Thomas coming back, Rashid Shahid, who, you know, in best ball leagues, while he's boom bust, literally has the best matchup for opposing wide receivers. You could go after, you know, a Rondell Moore as like a late flyer. You could target some of these Denver wide receivers. You know, if you want Rams guys, I mean, you really just want Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua, but these are the type of performances that you may find and players who may have good games. Brandon Cooks has a top eight looking schedule for the fantasy playoffs, and he's obviously coming on very strong. He costs more than he did a few days ago and a few weeks ago, but even still, it's important to pay, pay attention to these things because there is fantasy value. Like, there is nobody in the world right now, at least that I've seen, who's like, Go buy your Saints and go and buy Derek Carr because they have a phenomenal playoff schedule. Like, I don't see anybody saying that, but it's true. And that's what the data is telling us. And so if you can pivot to some of these options, you definitely want to consider doing that. Or if you can pick them up cheap, whatever the case may be, whether you're in redraft or dynasty and planning for the playoffs, these are the type of moves that can make a big difference for you in fantasy football. So those are the wide receiver matchups. Again, they correlate very well with the quarterbacks. So not a ton to gain here, but I can get into the tight ends a little bit. I'll be very brief because the data for the tight ends is like wild. It's all over the place. I almost didn't even want to talk about it because some teams have like great matchups and some are absolutely horrible. So now getting into the tight ends, one of the most encouraging, I think, when you talk about tight ends in general is the fact that Houston is not good against tight end positions. So right off the top, Chico Conquo, phenomenal matchup. Uh, 17.93 average fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. Average rank of 1.67. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Average rank of 1.67 because Houston is allowing the most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends at 19.4. And of course, Tennessee plays them twice. So Chickaconquo looks phenomenal for the fantasy playoffs. Uh, their average factor, Houston, is 1.55. And who was the other team they had on their schedule? Seattle. So... Seattle is, where are they? They average, oh, they're third. <laughs> so literally Tennessee has a number one matchup, a number one matchup, and a number three matchup, which is why their average rank is 1.67. But yeah, the, the lowest fantasy points per game allowed to two opposing tight ends is 15 points, and Houston is up at 19.3. So absolutely insane upside for Conquo if he can get the targets or that any of the tight ends honestly get the targets in the offense. You also have the Giants have a very good tight end schedule above average. Uh, Pittsburgh, Detroit, so fire up your Sam Laportas. Cleveland, so Njoku could be great. The Chargers have a pretty good schedule as well, but I mean, the ones that are 20% above average, Cleveland, Detroit, Pittsburgh, the Giants, and Tennessee all the way up at 43%. I mean, but I read off their schedule. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Pittsburgh average rank of 6 uh, the Giants is down at 12, so they must have to. They must be playing someone difficult, but they have a couple of pretty good matchups as well. Oh yeah, New Orleans would be the tough one. The Giants have New Orleans Week 15, so 
that's not a great matchup overall for tight ends, but Pittsburgh, Detroit, so... I mean, we'll see. Pittsburgh doesn't really use the tight end that much, but maybe if they get Pratt Firemuth back and integrated into the offense, he could make a difference down the stretch in the fantasy playoffs. But yeah, Njoku looks great. Laporta, whoever the hell is playing tight end for the Giants, and Aconquo looks phenomenal. Now, on the other side, guess who's great against tight ends? Tennessee. Tennessee is one of the best defenses against tight ends, so Houston and Dalton Schultz has a god-awful matchup. And, and of course, their game in the middle, as I think I mentioned with Stroud, against Cleveland. So not good for Dalton Schultz and his prospects as a fancy football viable tight end. Cole Komet as well with Chicago has a really bad schedule. 0.70 factor, 8.73 points per game to opposing tight ends. Seattle as well as a bad schedule, 9.5 fancy points allowed on average, 0.76 in terms of the factor Philly. So if you're hoping Dallas Goddard can be your savior, probably not. He has Seattle, the Giants, and Arizona. All three are not great against tight ends. Average rank of 20. And then Cincinnati, but you don't really want to start their tight ends anyways. You can, you know, take a flyer in a best ball league, but you don't you don't know who's going to start every week. Miami, as I mentioned, of course, why would they have a good matchup? Their schedule is just brutal for the fantasy playoffs. Jacksonville and Evan Ingram, 0.91, not terrible. 11.3 fantasy points per game, average rank of 18. And then Minnesota, so TJ Hawkinson, you know, a guy that I've been very bullish on, love a lot for the playoffs. Not a great schedule. Cincinnati, Detroit, and Green Bay, um, average rank of 19.3, 11.4 fantasy points, 0.91 factor. So, you know, it, it's it's okay. There's definitely some teams that are in big trouble uh, if you're Houston relying on Dalton Schultz. Or, you know, on the other end, if you're Chicaconquo and you're banking on some big games against Houston, they could be in the fold for sure. So it's looking pretty good right now when you're just talking about the uh, t- those tight ends in particular. As I mentioned, you know Tennessee, the Giants, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Cleveland, all have pretty good matchups, and then Houston, Chicago, Seattle, Philly, and Cincinnati all are not very good. And when you really break it down, um, it, it's it's hard not to look at that Miami schedule and just be like, oh my god, everything looks bad for Miami, like. Pretty much everything. The highest on any list, I'm pretty sure, is their... Oh, no, it's the running back matchup. So their running back matchup average is 18.3. QB is 19.7. Uh, tight end is 22.33. And as I mentioned, wide receiver is 27, which is dead last of all of the teams. So it's, it's looking rough, potentially, for Miami and a couple of other teams, but... That's just a general overview. Um, I hope if you are not in the Discord, you join. You can check out the chart. I may update it as we know we get more data and see how these things may trend closer and closer to the playoffs. But trade deadlines are coming up. These are things you want to start planning for. And I thought I would just put this information out there. Easy to find, easy to digest. Talk about the teams, the matchups, and some of the reasons why they have good matchups or bad matchups. You then, of course, can take it a step further Who do I target? Who should I target? Who are some of the players on these teams that make sense to go after in trades to make that late season push? But I wanted to just do an overview because I could have went way deeper, but it just gets too into the weeds. When are the good matchups? When do they come? How do we plan for it? There's just a lot of ways you can present this data, and I wanted to make it as simple as possible, easy to digest, ranking, fantasy points allowed, and then the average factor, how high or below average are these matchups for all these teams at each position. But that's it. Wanted to keep it as short and sweet as possible. 
as always, I am your host, Jordan Richards. Thank you so much for listening to Straight to the Bank. I hope you can use this information to make some money and make some noise in the fantasy playoffs. I'll be back next week with another episode. So until next time, thank you guys so much for listening, and I'll see you guys next week. I'm out. Peace. San Francisco, where's your disco?